Hello, and welcome. This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show where we open doors we cannot shut. Yeah, yeah. It's Saturday evening. I mean, it's only 5.30. But it's damn near dark. Yeah. Madeline and I were up until 1 a.m. last night, 12.30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen the wee hours of the morning like that in a while. Yeah. Mm. I thought that my 20s would be a lot wilder than they are. Mm. But, I mean, come Friday and Saturday night, we're usually in bed by 10, 10.30. Yeah. I think it's just that, like, feeling of comfort that you're not having to get up to an alarm in the morning. So, even though you're going to bed early, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess I've left my 20s. You have. But from ages like 16 to 23, we're pretty wild. For Dakota, especially because he was in the Navy. Right. Before I got out there... Like, his first three years in the Navy, they did some wild-ass shit. Like, (laughs) his one friend, Alex, I don't want to say his last name, but Alex was, like, his best friend in the Navy, Alex and Nathan, and they got in to some shit. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, the stories that they tell... Are just crazy. But Alex is, he was the guy I was telling you about last night, really charismatic. Yes. With the jaw. Uh, Alex with the jaw. Alex with the jaw. When I lived out there, I worked a lot. Like I had two jobs. I worked probably like 70 hours a week. Damn. And um, there was one week in particular where my schedule just. It was a weird week, and I had ended up working, like, 46 hours in three days. Good God. <laughs> and they were all, like, when I got off, it was probably, like, 10, 10.30. And they were all at this bar, Kelly's, that they hung out at. Like, that's just kind of the hangout when we lived there. Right. And I was, like, dead ass tired, and I just showed up, really, to pick Dakota up, and The instant I walk in the door, I don't know how long they'd been there. A while. (laughs) I walk in the door and Alex just picks me up, like tosses me over his shoulder, like fireman carries and holds me, (laughs) carries me around for like 20 minutes because he's like a big guy. He's like really tall. And he's just like fireman carrying me around the bar for 20 minutes. (laughs) Good boy. And I was like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) Hello to everyone. Just chilling. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it's just not what I thought it would be. And it's fine. I'm totally fine yeah. with how uneventful my life has been for the past. Well, really, since Keegan and I got together. Yeah. We've been together almost 10 years. I can't believe we've been together almost 10 years. Yeah. That's a long time. That's a long time. But it is what it is. I like it. Yeah. 
I mean, my body and my brain, I think, are just recouping from my teenage years. And mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with doing absolutely nothing. No. And uh, when your kids are grown up and move out, maybe then you can revisit your wild days. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll be 36 when Caden graduates and 40. Yeah. 40 when Jameson graduates. I'll still be young. Yeah. So in your 40s, you'll reclaim your 20s. Right. Keegan will still look 22. Yep. And uh, you'll have more money then. True. And so you'll have a classier version of your 20s. Yes. I so, like that. Yeah. I just want to buy an RV. That's, That's really my only long-term goal. Long-term goal. What's my long-term goal? Um, To build our dream home. Of course. And our dream home is all matte black. Yes. So, yeah. If while you're building your dream home, just go ahead and throw like a room with a private bath in there for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could really use a nice bathroom. Yeah. Um, you know how I feel about taking long, luxurious baths. Yes. Uh, you know that when we get to a point in our lives where we get to build our house and pick every single detail, these bathrooms are going to be lit yeah they have every single one of like n not a half bath in sight no bathtubs all around you get a bathtub you get a bathtub <laughs> everyone gets a bathtub <laughs> gosh that's so awesome i just love a good bathroom i love a good bathroom yes and um i think a really beautiful bathroom is underrated even still yeah in like the home, when you're looking for homes, people don't really understand putting emphasis on the bathroom. And especially in 1978, when this house was built, they didn't give two shits about yeah. a bathroom. Mm -hmm. And that is clear. You just feel like when you get, when you open your shower after a nice shower to like an old outdated bathroom like mine, you just instantly feel just blech or like a, a small bathroom like my bathroom yeah. dakota got the big bathroom how he pulled this off i will <laughs> never know this no this was what he said my bathroom is like the ensuite yeah so it's like private you have to walk through a bedroom to get to it his bathroom is like the main bathroom so when people come over they use his bathroom. Right. He says that I'm too messy to be the bathroom that everybody else uses when they visit. <laughs> and I said, nuh-uh. And plus, they're not going to be here Monday through Friday. True. If I have notice, at even 20 minutes notice that people are going to come over, I'll just pick up all my shit. Yeah. It's not that hard. This, this is, he was using this as an excuse to get the big bathroom. I've cracked the code, people. Okay. Good job, Dakota. I don't know. You know what? In our last apartment, he also got the big closet. I just don't understand. I don't understand. He is pulling some mind fuckery on me. And he got the big closet in the apartment. He's got the big bathroom now. 
I, I just don't know. When we move into our all black, beautiful home, I'm going to have a bathroom the size of this upstairs. Oh, like, absolutely. I just, I'm going to go there. If you need me to create a 3D blueprint of your future home on The Sims, please send me your specifications. I would love to deliver. Um, You're hired. While I don't have everything available, there are plenty of mods I can download for you to accomplish that dream. And Perfect. then when you're ready to build, I'll just okay. I'll just be like, here contractor yeah. here it is this is what they want yeah down to every detail mm-hmm. landscaping done yeah you want a pool in the back what color do you want the water yeah i would love to have a pool the problem is april would be in it all the time we'll do a salt water pool then the chlorine won't fuck her up yeah she would still be in it getting it dirty and messing up the liner with her nails true april thinks she's partially amphibious so I remember when Keegan and I first started dating and I went to his house for the oh, first time. Oh, yeah. His his dad had a pool, right? Yeah. His dad has an in-ground pool. That's not a bitch. His dad's house is very big. And I had just never really been in a house that big ever in my life. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It And it took me a while to get used to like where everything was. And then when we like we went down into the basement and then out this back door and here's this in-ground pool, I was like, I've secured the bag. Like, this is where I want to hang out. Yeah. I was like, how could this dude have gotten any better? Yeah. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you have a pool. Perfect. I'm in. Impregnate (laughs) me. Oh, shit. Okay. So there's not really breakfast breakfast nook today um emily is drinking water and i'm having a glass of cabernet something gross it's lovely it's smooth full-bodied dark red wine i don't know the brand because i didn't pay attention um but it's very good it looks good but i know it's not It doesn't have a full cup of sugar per serving in it, so Emily hates it. It's not for me. That's right. Yeah, we, uh, I guess we could kind of count last night as our food. We had Taco Bell, obviously. Of course. We Um, had to start our viewing of a new documentary that will be used for future ep. Yes. Yes. And uh, so we got Taco Bell, of course. It was amazing. They didn't put any lettuce on Maddie's tacos. That's right. Come through Taco Bell. And the chicken quesadilla was just pristine. Yeah. It really was. The tacos, the Dorito tacos, were really next level. I like a Dorito taco. I don't usually get them. I typically, no matter what I'm ordering, whether it's like, I really like a Nacho Bell Grande, mm-hmm. or... um Chalupas. Chalupas. I love a good chalupa. No matter what I'm getting, I typically do go for a Dor- at least one Dorito taco on the side. My problem with Taco Bell is I want multiple different things. Mm-hmm. So I'll usually end up getting like a taco, a cheesy roll up, chips and cheese. I don't yeah. want a combo on the menu. 
I typically don't go for a combo on the main I want either. it all. Um, yeah. I yeah. don't think there's anything there that I don't like, really. There's, th- there's like agree. five or six things that I just get usually when mm-hmm. I go there. But I don't think I've ever tried anything at Taco Bell that I don't like. I agree. I don't think I've ever tried anything at Taco Bell I didn't like. Um, Mexican pizzas weren't my favorite, but I still liked them okay. Yeah. I like their crunch wraps, mm-hmm. but I I never order them without lettuce. But then when I eat them, I'm like, God damn, there's so much lettuce in this. Yeah, yeah. Crunch wrap, supreme. Well, just the crunch wrap. I don't get the supreme because I don't want lettuce or tomato. Yeah. But the crunch wrap, if you get a side of nacho cheese, perfection. There is something about Taco Bell's nacho cheese and chips. Mm. They're just. Where do they come from and how do we get it? Yeah. I've never had cheese like theirs. No, their nacho cheese is the best. Oh, my God. And also, anyone who works at Taco Bell, can you please tell me, when you order a side of nacho cheese, without the chips, you just want the cheese, because I like to dip my burritos in the cheese. Absolutely. And my crunch wraps. Why do they not fill it up? All the way. Because sometimes I'll literally get, like, you pay, like, 75 cents for a side of cheese. Yeah. And it has, like, it's a dollar. Yeah. It's, like, half full. I usually just order two sides of cheese. Mm-hmm. I'll usually get chips and cheese, but I'll get two sides of cheese. Because I don't finish the cheese off with my chips. Because mm-hmm. they're so good by themselves. hmm But everything else is going in the cheese. Yes. Yes. Keegan really likes their spicy ranch. I have never had their spicy ranch, which is weird because I love spicy ranch or it's just good. ranch in general. I just miss their flatbreads, dude. Those... I never really got the flatbreads. Holy shit. My favorite single item from Taco Bell is not on the menu anymore. And it hasn't been for years. And that's the cheesy double beef burrito. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've ever had that. I'm sure I have. <sighs> It's the best burrito they have ever had. It's like, it's beef, it's rice, and it's nacho cheese, and a little bit of, like, beans in there. Uh-huh. That's it. I bet you could find something that has the base of that mm. and build it to where it would it would equal that. The beefy five-layer burrito is similar. It just doesn't have rice. You could add? But. Until I'm add rice. Yes. However. It's still not – it's the way that they constructed the cheesy double beef. I get that. And it was my go-to. It was, like, on the – it was on the 99-cent menu. hmm And I always got the cheesy double beef. And then they discontinued it for whatever God knows reason. Yeah, I'm just so upset <sighs> with Taco Bell. I mean, why the Fiesto – Fiesto? Fiesta, Fiesta potatoes. potatoes. I know. Those – those were really good. They Every time. They weren't ever listed on the menu. No. They were a secret item that you had to know about in order to order. So why? 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 No. You can, and you can't recreate that at home. No, you can No. Absolutely Come on. not. Come on. Anyways. Okay. Well, that's it. Tell us about your nacho cheese at Taco Bell. Please, I really need to know. <laughs> um, Moving on. To business, we're going to start this off with Chip's Corner. Chip. He has showed up yet again to save the day. Um, we're going to get him a cape. You know, 
because of, well, now my maiden last name starts with an S. Mm -hmm. Chip's dad, my uncle, always had an S, like a Superman S painted on his mailbox. Oh, yeah. So that's cute. That is cute. Um, Chip came through last, well, not last week, um, Monday after the Lisk episode. Yep. And had a couple pieces of info. Yeah. One is Maddie and I were talking about how, you know, we weren't really sure why the word escort is used most of the time when describing sex workers. Particularly in this, in the Lisk story also. Yes. So Chip looked this up. He sent me an article, but also, you know, put it in turn just in a text. Said prostitutes are usually picked up, whereas escorts will meet you. And an escort just provides a better service as far as, you know, pre-planned they meet you and i think it's probably a safer way compared to standing you know Mm -hmm. on the street that kind of thing so there's that i would have just never looked that up really yeah yeah and i don't know i i just like using the term sex worker i guess yeah and he also hit us with some hypothermia knowledge. He said that hypothermia and other cold stress conditions are common when it's around 50 degrees outside. And the average temperature in that area of Long Island during that month of May is usually around 51 degrees. You could only imagine, I mean, the temperature usually drops 20 degrees at night anyways. Yeah, yeah. So it could have easily been in the 30s. Easily. So there's that. Yeah. So that harks back to the Shannon Gilbert portion. Um, One of the speculations about her cause of death was that hypothermia had set in. She had fallen down and dropped. Like, that's why she had taken her clothes off and why they found some of her clothes at a distance from where her body was found right so they were conjecturing that possibly hypothermia would set in and the last stage of hypothermia is that you feel hot yeah and strip your clothes off yeah so you know we obviously did not realize that you could suffer from hypothermia at temperatures that high yeah i just i assumed that it needed to be well below freezing yeah i guess you just really aren't like Today I came over here and I'm just wearing a short sleeve t-shirt. I don't even know. Let's see. How cold is it outside? It's 37 right now, but it was 45 like as a high today. Yeah. And like walking from my house to my car, I could tell that it was cold outside. So I guess I couldn't imagine even at 45 what it would feel like being out there for an hour. Yeah. You know, with a t-shirt on. Yeah. So that's the cool thing about Chip is he looks up the shit that we don't. Yeah, he looks he looks up like details about little tiny things that we say. Yeah. Which is cool. He also said he would not use his personal carpentry tools to dismember a body. So 
That goes without saying, for sure. And we did get some email. Yay! From Ashley. It was amazing. It made my day. And she's made some recommendations, which we will take her up on. Absolutely. And um, lastly, in the mail portion, my brother-in-law, Dallas, him and his wife, Brianna, listen to the podcast every week. And we gave them a shout out, I think, on our last episode yes. or maybe the one before that. Either way. Um, but he sent me a text on Monday, like lunchtime. Mm-hmm. He had already listened to it. And he sent me the text and he said... Just wanted to say the pod was great today. Pissed that no one is guilty of that shit. And hashtag seven stop hot pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So um, I thought that was just really funny. And it's awesome that they like listen every single week. I'm just really glad that we have people that tune in every week. Yes. Yeah. It's super awesome that people take the time out of their day to like listen to us yeah absolutely like ramble on about shit so today we are actually doing a request from the very first email we received from courtney courtney we're doing the bermuda triangle yeah we are aka the devil's triangle you know the bermuda triangle is weird in terms of talking about it. Yeah, it's not like a full narrative. Yeah. Like it's not it's not something that you're going to start at this date, go through events and then end at this date. It's right. just like random stories. Yeah. about the area. Yeah. You can't really even pull up a documentary or an episode on the History Channel with it there really being a whole lot of structure yes, to it. Yes, that's true. So Maddie got pretty pissed at this outline a few times because <laughs> it's did. just it's just so much. Yeah. I mean, like it's a lot, but it's not a lot. It's just a it's not a story. Yeah, it's a bunch of different short little blurbs right like oh i went through it at this time and this happened to me yeah it's not a roanoke timeline no it's not that kind of mystery no 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 and i know everyone has heard of the bermuda triangle oh yeah so we're gonna get into it this is probably gonna be one of our shorter episodes yeah and that's okay that's okay (laughs) because We've hit you with some long ones the past yeah. couple weeks. Yeah. The last two have been a lot of story to tell. Yes. So first and foremost, we're going to get down to the geography. So the Bermuda Triangle is really just refers to a location in the Atlantic. And it's three points of the triangle are off the coast of Florida, the east coast of Florida. Yeah. San Juan, Puerto Rico, and Bermuda, the island. And it forms into a triangle that is about 500,000 square miles. It's pretty big. That's really big. When I saw that number, I was like, there's no way it's that big. But I have zero concept of distance, so it probably is. Do you think 
like cruise ships go through the Bermuda Triangle? I yeah, I do. I mean, another reason why I'll never go on a cruise. Yeah, cruises are just not my vibe. But yeah, a lot of cruise lines leave from Florida. That's true. Probably the west coast of Florida they're leaving, so it might be not in the triangle. But some of them leave from Miami, which is the east. And when you go on like an Alaskan cruise, and let's say it is leaving from Florida or the east coast, Mm -hmm. I mean, wouldn't you go that way anyways to get around? I guess I I guess I don't know the 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 sailing path. Hmm. From an Alaskan cruise, Florida is not going to be involved at all. I think you start in Alaska and then come down around like Seattle, California. Okay. But you're definitely if you're doing like I don't know a Caribbean cruise, you could start in Miami, yeah. which is the east coast of Florida. I'm pretty sure, and you would go around to right all of your caribbean islands a caribbean cruise not a caribbean cruise right because yeah. we've decided that yeah. i thought about that for a long time that night yeah i'm still punk calling it pirates of the caribbean yeah absolutely that rolls off the tongue um but yeah so cruise ships probably do go through the bermuda triangle i i mean they have to they have to there's at some no point there's no way all boats and ships avoid that area because it's a mystery. Correct. Yes. Here we are. Here we are. And my next bullet point here is why are we talking about it? Well, we're talking about it because for years, the Bermuda Triangle has been the mysterious origin of disappearances of planes, ships, and people. So, I have two different sets of numbers here from two different sources. So, according to the Naked Science YouTube video, still to this day, over 60 ships and five planes disappear in the triangle every year. That's a lot of things every year. That's a lot of things still. 60 ships? Every year? Every year. We would hear about that. Would, All the time. This would be such, so much bigger of a deal. I mean, that's like two to three ships a month. Yeah, that's, that is an outrageous amount of ships going missing every year. That Goodness can't gracious. be true. When I read these numbers, I was like, pump the brakes, my guy. This can't be true. <laughs> so then I found in the Britannica article, they list a total of 50 ships and 20 planes have disappeared there. So over the time that we've been, this is like mid-60s-ish is when we really start, people started conjecturing about this area. So since then, the Britannica has 50 ships and 20 planes disappearing there. Yeah, that's definitely more reasonable. Yes. And that makes sense. That makes so much more sense. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Yeah. So, come on, come on, Naked Science. What? Where are you getting? I just need to know where they're getting these numbers from because they didn't really say. They talked about these numbers kind of in passing. Like, I had to rewind the video to catch the numbers. Oh, yeah. So, it was just a little, like, whoop, slipped in there, and then nothing was ever said about it again. 
So the numbers are malleable at right. best. But the interesting part, I think, is that some of these ships were discovered completely abandoned for no apparent reason. Hmm. No damage, like, just abandoned. Others transmitted no distress signals and were never seen or heard from again. So they just disappear. That's wild. So wild. And aircraft have been reported and then vanished. And then rescue missions are said to have vanished when flying in the area looking for the originally disappeared aircraft. It's a portal. It's a portal. That's the only explanation. Um, However, wreckage has not been found in a lot of these cases. And this obviously leads to theories trying to explain the mysteries. And the theories are definitely... In the science fiction realm. Yes, they are. Absolutely. (laughs) So, and these unexplained disappearances obviously have sparked speculation. And they go all the way from it being the work of extraterrestrials to it being an entryway into another dimension or related somehow to the lost city of Atlantis. So people are just, they're reaching out here. And they're just pulling out the wildest explanations. Yeah. So who knows? We'll never know. No one knows. But the name, the Bermuda Triangle, originated because of some writers who were doing articles at the time when people really started to notice this being an area where people, like, disappear. Mm -hmm. So... Author Vincent Gaddis coined the phrase Bermuda Triangle in a 1964 magazine article, but the term wasn't popularized until 10 years later in 74 by Charles Berlitz, who published a book on the Bermuda Triangle. Okay. So those two articles, well, the book and the article will be linked in our description with all of our other sources. But those two, Vincent Gaddis and Charles Berlitz, actually are responsible for the reason why we call it the Bermuda Triangle. So, knowledge nugget. Would have never known that. Yeah, yeah. Would have never guessed never. or even thought to wonder why it's called the Bermuda Triangle. Because no. when you look at it on the map, it's clearly a triangle. Right. So, I just figured, you know, people just said it. I don't Someone know. had to say it. Someone, it was Vincent. Vincent said it first, <laughs> and then we all started saying it. So there's quite a few notable incidents involving the triangle. And yes. we're going to start with Christopher Columbus. That f- fuck. What an idiot he was. Blech. Yeah. Gross. Anyways, so old Chris, he sailed through the area on his first voyage to the New World. Mm. Which he thought was India. He thought he left from England, sailed west, and six weeks later he landed in India that that he had circumnavigated the globe (laughs) in six weeks. What a goddamn idiot. Oh, my gosh. Chris, (laughs) get it together. Yeah, yeah. So he reported that there was a great flame of fire 
that crashed into the sea one night and that a strange light appeared in the distance a few weeks later. So this was probably a meteor. Yeah, that's, yeah. As long as it was heading towards the water. He also wrote about erratic compass readings, and perhaps maybe that was because at the time a sliver of of the Bermuda Triangle was one of the few places on Earth where true north and magnetic north line up. Yeah, and this is still that part of the triangle being the one of the only spots where true north and magnetic north line. Uh-huh. That's still like that's something that's talked about over and over like in all of the sources that is listed in there as being one definitely the reason that compasses go haywire yeah, a little bit. That makes sense. And also probably a lot of navigation systems in like planes and ships probably are affected by that. And that's why they're probably never seen again. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely is a viable explanation. Yeah. That makes sense. That scientifically makes sense. Right, right. So who knows? Who knows? We don't know. That's why we're talking about it. That's right. Um, if we knew, this wouldn't be a mystery or interesting. No. Okay. So now we're going to talk about the USS Cyclops. So that is a really cool ass name for a ship. Absolutely it is. So kudos to the U.S. Navy for naming that ship. So the incident involving the USS Cyclops resulted in the single largest loss of life in the history of the U.S. Navy not related to combat. Cyclops carrying a full load of manganese ore which I believe is a precious metal. Yeah. And with one engine out of action, went missing without a trace with a crew of 309. And it disappeared sometime after March 14th, 1918. It had left the island of Barbados on its way back here to the U.S. Wow. Although there is no strong evidence for any single theory, Many independent theories exist. Obviously, storms, the possibility of capsizing. Some suggest that a wartime enemy was to blame for the loss, even though the ship wasn't involved in any sort of combat. At the time. At the time. You you can't ever really count that out, I suppose. Right. But there's no talk of there being like any explosion or anything like that. I would think if an enemy had done something to the ship, it would have... There would have been some some, sort of distress signal sent out. I mean, it wouldn't have just immediately killed everyone. Yeah. I would think. I would think. And it just disappeared. So I I don't don't know. But um, in addition to this, two of Cyclops' sister ships, Proteus and Nereus, were subsequently lost in the North Atlantic during World War II. Both ships were transporting heavy loads of metallic ore similar to that which was loaded on Cyclops during her fatal voyage. In all three cases, structural failure due to overloading with a much denser cargo than designed is considered the most likely cause of sinking. So basically what the U.S. Navy is thinking is that the load of ore that these three ships were carrying was 
too much for what these ships were meant to carry, and it caused yeah. them to sink. There's no information about them finding these ships. I feel right. like if the ships sunk, they would have known where to look, and yeah. they would have found the shipwreck. Well, even if it was sinking, there's obviously lifeboats yeah. on their ship, and not every single one of them would have died. Yeah, there would have been someone out of those three ships to live and be able to say, yo. This is what happened. This is what happened. Yeah, that's a weird one. Because that's yeah. so many people. So many people and three ships all carrying precious metal. Yeah. I think maybe pirates are to be blamed. Yeah, I when I think Bermuda Triangle, I automatically think pirates. Hmm. I, I don't know. It's just what comes to mind. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like that particular brand of cargo could be valuable and people might want to steal it. A kind of a weird place to lurk and wait, though. Yeah. Because you'd be anchored for a while waiting on someone to come through there, I guess. Yeah, and if you're in that area, the coasts of Florida, Bermuda, and San Juan are very close to you. Right. Like, Weird. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know, man. Hmm. So then we have the Carol A. Deering, which was a five-masted schooner built in 1919. Hmm. And it was found abandoned at Diamond Shoals, which is near Cape Hatteras from the Roanoke episode. Episode and, four. In North Carolina. Whoa. Full circle, you guys. Crazy shit. There is a portal, and that's where Roanoke people went, and that's where all these ships have gone. We've cracked the code. Podcast over. That's it. We're done here. We'll be waiting on our book deals. (laughs) (laughs) You can send those to whatifitoldyoupodcast at (laughs) gmail.com. Please. (laughs) So it was found abandoned January 31st of 1921. January 31st is my dad's birthday. Oh. Yeah. Happy birthday, Jimothy. My dad's is the 31st, Angel's was the 30th, and my brother's the 29th. Oh, fuck. Dude, every single person in my family is born in January. (laughs) Dakota's birthday, January 10th. Dillard's birthday, January 9th. My Aunt Sarah, January 11th. Her son, January 12th. Not even kidding you. Everyone in my family is born in January. That is so crazy. What? (laughs) And I'm in July. Yeah. It's good because I get to have my birthday alone. I guess my brother, my sister, and my mom have July birthdays. Oh, really? And then Keegan and Caden are October, and Jameson is November 3rd, so basically October. Yeah. And I'm April. Anyways. Yeah. So, rumors at the time indicated that Deering was a victim of piracy and possibly connected with the illegal rum-running trade during the Prohibition. Huh. So, still not sure where these people are lurking. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Possibly involved another ship, Hewitt, which disappeared at roughly the same time. And just hours later, an unknown steamer sailed near the lightship along the track of Deering and ignored all all signals from it. It's speculated that Hewitt may have been this mystery ship and possibly involved in Deering's crew disappearance. 
Intrigue. So we've got the precious metal trade happening. We've got the prohibition going on. Prohibition happening with illegal rum running. So pirates. Okay. Pirates. And this next one is kind of like the big one. Yes. This is the one people know about. Yes. And this is Flight 19. Flight 19 was a training flight of five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers. That's too long of a name. They disappeared on December 5th, 1945. So this is a long time later. Yes. There's a big gap. There's a big gap here. So they were training over the Atlantic and the squadron's flight plan was scheduled to take them due east from Fort Lauderdale for 141 miles North for 73 miles and then back over a final 140 mile leg to complete the exercise. The flight never returned to base and the disappearance was attributed by Navy investigators to navigational error leading the aircraft to run out of fuel. So here is another instance where the... True North and Magnetic North having an issue with GPS devices could be the cause. So this was a flight of five planes together and they all disappeared. Wild. So wild. So one of the search and rescue aircraft deployed to look for them, a PBM Mariner. I don't know what that is. Um, (laughs) A 13-man crew was on this plane And they also disappeared. A tanker off the coast of Florida reported seeing an explosion and observing a widespread oil slick when fruitlessly searching for the survivors. Hmm. So, I don't know. Um, The weather had began to become stormy by the end of the incident. That could also be a cause in the YouTube video I watched by Naked Science. They did say that in that area, storms could kind of like just suddenly develop and probably because of the magnetic. Yeah. 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 And like the way that area is geographically, they said storms just kind of come upon you quickly. Mm -hmm. More like here in the Midwest, we can see a storm coming for like an hour out Mm -hmm. or more. Yeah. Right. So. There, it's a little, it's pretty common for storms to just kind of happen. Just form. They just form. So sources say the Mariner had a history of explosions due to vapor leaks when heavily loaded with fuel, as it might have been for a potentially long search and rescue operation. So since there is an eyewitness who reported seeing an explosion and this craft had a history due to leaks which how do you have a history of explosions by the way now that i'm thinking about it yeah it isn't one like that's one and done yeah that just seems a little negligent yeah to be like "Mm, it'd be well it just exploded a couple weeks ago but we're fine (laughs) uh yeah so who knows about that but see and i think that one makes sense Mm -hmm. the search team plane the search team plane i think i i don't think that is really a mystery no clearly something happened and people saw it right now the flight 19 even if they ran out of fuel it's just so ironic that it happened there so i i just don't know 
It's so weird. I mean, I guess potentially their GPS systems could have started messing up and they got them turned around. So they're kind of circling this 500,000 square mile area. Yeah. And they just run out of fuel and drop out of the air. Is that what happens? But even, I mean, even if that were happening, you would still be communicating with whoever is on base or whatever term you want to use. Whoever's back home yeah we've run out of fuel yeah it's kind of like malaysian airlines flight 37 right when planes disappear that is just the wildest shit to me yeah it's so weird yeah i agree so now we have the star tiger and Mm. star ariel the star tiger disappeared on january 30th 1948 we got two january dates so far we've got yeah and a third one coming up this was on a flight from azores Mm -hmm. to bermuda and then we have star ariel who disappeared on january 17th in 49 a year later on a flight from bermuda to kingston jamaica both of these were avro tudor five passenger planes which were operated by British South American Airways. Hmm. Both planes were operating at the very limits of their range, and the slightest error or fault in the equipment could keep them from reaching their destinations. So the January thing is weird. So we're going to go on to the entryway to another dimension portion for a brief second. So... If there is an entryway in this Bermuda Triangle area to another dimension, does it only open, like, from January 1st to January, (laughs) like, February 1st? So you've got 31 days to, like, get your ass through the door or else you're locked out. (laughs) Okay, now we are back in 1948, but it's... December 28th. That's still almost January. Almost. I mean, there's a window. There's a window here, people. December, January. That's it. The winter months. So in 48, the Douglas DC-3. We've got a lot of like technical terms here about these aircraft and ships. And I just don't care about any of it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll call him Old Doug. Old Doug. Old Doug um, (laughs) disappeared while on a flight from San Juan, Puerto Rico to Miami. Oh, Miami. So there was no trace of the aircraft. And there were 32 people on board as well that were never found. That is so wild. 32 people just gone. Just gone forever. Anyways. A Civil Aeronautics Board investigation found that there was insufficient information available on which to determine probable cause of the disappearance. So, in other words, they have no fucking idea. Yeah, they ain't got shit. They're like, hmm, sorry. Eh, Don't know. Don't know. Yeah, real cool. Real cool. Yeah, thanks, fucking this Aeronautics Board of Investigation, you dicks. Yeah, Probably didn't even look. How do you get into that job? Dude, I don't know. 
I want to search for missing planes. Yeah, that's a cool ass job. I just don't. You know what? I have had this conversation with Dakota multiple times. There are so many jobs that exist out there that are like the coolest jobs. And I just don't know how to get them. I just want to be the guy that travels around the world and tries food. He's bald. What's his name? Zimmerman? Yes. I know. No, not Zimmerman. Oh, that's that's weird foods. He eats like tarantulas. I don't want any part of that. I don't want to partake in the tarantula eating. Most of the shit he eats looks pretty good. I don't know. I'm weary. I'm weary. (laughs) But yes, I need a job. These are my criteria for the perfect job. Number one, travel. Yes, just not over the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't want to disappear. Today. Tomorrow might be a different story. Um, So I want to travel. I want to eat all the food. All of it. And I want to drink all the coffee. So mainly the the jobs that I gravitate towards are <laughs> would be like a like a food a food blogger. <laughs> I don't want to blog, <laughs> but I want to I want to critique food. But I'm not a chef, and I don't know like chefy. I watch a lot of Master Chef. This is what you can do. But I figured it out. Okay, hit me with it. So ASMR is really big right now. Okay, I hate it, but right, okay. Especially food ASMR, uh, which is typically attractive people eating food. Okay. And you know that when you produce something and put it somewhere like YouTube, mm-hmm. you get paid for that shit when you have a lot of followers. Yeah. So this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to start a YouTube channel. Okay. You're going to have to start out just eating the food that you cook at home. Okay. Taco Bell once a week, maybe. Hey. And then once people start subscribing to you, then you can do the traveling. Okay. And since you don't want to blog, you will just vlog yourself eating. Yeah. I ha- see, we, Dakota and I watch a lot of Casey Neistat blogs on YouTube. Mm. He's one of the most talented YouTubers. So good. Never Mo- heard of the guy. Really? He's yeah. super, super famous. Hmm. Casey Neistat, I will send you a link to his YouTube channel. Perfect. Um, it, most of He lives in LA now, but he, for most of his career, lived in New York City. And so he did, he would do a lot of vlogging in New York. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's a filmmaker. Yeah. And so his vlogs and YouTube videos are just super well produced. Like he treats youtube videos like short films like that's the kind of production value he puts into his shit nice and um every time i watch a casey neistat video i'm like man i would love to like do vlogs yeah like do a vlog youtube channel but there's no way i would be able to do it with the aplum of casey neistat because he's who i would have in my brain Mm -hmm. like anytime i would be doing it i would have his shit in my head and i would be like well this is trash i cannot live up to that standard so i'm just not gonna do it that's kind of how i felt before we started this podcast but we're just over here fucking killing it so (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i've also thought that it would be super super cool to be uh like someone who sources coffee beans like a oompa loompa yeah like an oompa loompa uh 
You know, like that. I, don't I think would. That's what they do, but that no, is they, fucked. They don't. It's cocoa beans. Remember? Yeah, yeah, cocoa beans. Well, I guess those weren't. Yeah, those. And I, the new chocolate oh, factory. Oh, yeah, I don't know about. I'm that talking one. Johnny Depp version here. Oh yeah, I saw that once, and I was disturbed by his teeth and it. No, no, thank you. <laughs> the teeth, not the hair. <laughs> the teeth were more disturbing to me than the hair. Uh, yeah. Would still marry him as Willie uh, fucking Wonka. But. Fuck you, Amber Heard. I would. Yeah, what a bitch. Uh, I would work for a coffee company and go to Guatemala, mm-hmm. Costa Rica, and like source their beans. And like that. <laughs> These are goals. That job, <laughs> I would. I feel like I would fucking kill it. See, here's the difference between you and I. (laughs) When I think of stuff like dream jobs, obviously we all know I love cats. Of course, I would want to run a cat rescue. Besides that. Yeah. I'm talking naming Crayola colors. (laughs) Um, Writing stupid ass greeting cards like Mr. Deeds. Yeah. That's also eating food while doing those things but that's really the extent of my cool job search yeah you know there's there are people who work for ben and jerry's who taste new flavors and name the flavors how do you get into that see this is the question that dakota and i always ask when we have this conversation how do i get into the coffee trade how do I become the person who sources the beans? Do I need a degree in horticulture? I am not afraid to get that shit. I'll do it. You can do it. I like to learn things regardless of the subject. It's kind of my hobby. And if I were to stumble upon that job opportunity and they're like, you need a degree in horticulture, I'll be like, give me two years, bro. Boom. I'll yeah. have it. Yeah. Well, this is what we can do. You can source coffee beans from around the world. Mm-hmm. And I'll just go with you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We have to keep the pod going regardless. Yeah, that's right. I'll just have to be your travel along friend. Dakota will have to stay home. Well, I mean, the dogs will need. Yeah, the dogs care will of. need Dakota. Keegan will probably need Dakota at some point. Yeah. I can't believe they've never met. I literally just told this to Dakota earlier today. I was like, we were talking about something, and I, oh, I told him that I was telling Keegan about his car. Yeah, and he was like, Dakota was like, oh yeah, yeah. I was like, Keegan's a car guy, and then I was like, what? I just, it's so weird that you guys have just never met yet. Never. It doesn't make any sense. And Dakota was like, yeah, I mean, we'll probably at some point meet and be like best friends. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be a cute little bromance couple. Oh, I mean, Keegan kind of. He's a ginger just like Dakota's brother, so. That's true. You know, it could, this is a marriage that could work. We're here for it, guys. We're here for it. Okay, so we've got two more incidents. The penultimate incident is the Connemara 4. A pleasure yacht was found adrift. (laughs) What did you just say? A pleasure yacht? That was the official description. <laughs> and it, it, I left it in there for some color. Oh, okay. A pleasure yacht was found adrift in the Atlantic south 
of Bermuda on September 26, 1955. It is usually stated in stories that the crew vanished while the yacht survived being at sea during three hurricanes. Good All God. Right. The 1955 Atlantic hurricane season shows Hurricane Ione passing nearby between September 14th and September 18th, with Bermuda being affected by winds of almost gale force. I don't know what gale force is, but I'm guessing it's a lot. Lauren would know. Lauren, what's gale force, please? I know it's strong. It's strong. I don't know what qualifies as gale force. Me either. Chip will tell us. Chip, Lauren, either one, let us know. In his second book on the Bermuda Triangle, Weiner quoted a letter he received from G.E. Challoner of Barbados. <laughs> Barbados. <laughs> I love saying things wrong. On the morning of September 22nd, Connemara 4 was lying to a heavy mooring in the open roadstead of carlisle bay what i don't know these sailing terms i don't either because it sounds wrong when you're saying it yeah but it's it's definitely correct right okay people out there who are avid yacht goers please tell us what this means specifically pleasure (laughs) pleasure oh That's a weird term, pleasure. Yeah, it sounds like a floating brothel, maybe. (laughs) Because of the approaching hurricane, the owner strengthened the mooring ropes and put out two additional anchors. Why wouldn't he have just left? (laughs) We're going to buckle down, everyone. Let's weather this hurricane. Okay. There was little else he could do as the exposed mooring was the only available anchorage. In Carlisle Bay, the sea in the wake of Hurricane Janet was awe-inspiring and dangerous. Okay. The owner of Connemara 4 observed that she had disappeared. An investigation revealed that she had dragged her moorings and gone to sea. Okay, so this sounds to me like he wasn't on the ship, but the crew was on the ship? Yeah, it just says the crew vanished while the yacht survived. So he... During three fucking hurricanes. So Hurricane Ione, Hurricane Janet, and then a third unknown hurricane, I guess. I don't... Unnamed hurricane. Yeah. So the owner of this yacht moored down, put in multiple anchors, and said, see you guys, (laughs) and left. And his crew was just on here to wait through a hurricane while in a boat on the ocean? That's insane. Okay, whoever owned this. At least it was a pleasure yacht. I mean, at least it was. (laughs) Who knows what they were doing at the time? I don't I need to speak with the owner of this because that is just that's just rude. You can't just leave your hey, there's a hurricane coming. I threw out the other two anchors. You should be good. Isn't the Bye. captain supposed to go down with the ship? Yes. I mean, I if there's a way to prevent that, you should obviously do it, but you don't leave people behind. Yeah, no leave no man behind. 
Okay. Ridiculous. Unless there are zombies, then make sure that you are not the slowest one. I mean. Those Bermuda Triangle zombies, though. <gasps> what if it is zombies out there? Oh, shit. They're seawater zombies. This <laughs> <laughs> look like webbed hands. Ew. Can, can you imagine? I guess we kind of call those sharks. They eat people. <laughs> <laughs> they're not the undead, but they're out there eating folks. It's true. <laughs> okay. Last incident. Well, not the last, just like a notable one. And and the last we have on our list. Yes. So we have the KC-135 Stratotankers. Now that's a kick-ass name. On August 28th of 1963... A pair of U.S. Air Force KC-135 Stratotanker aircraft collided and crashed into the Atlantic 300 miles west of Bermuda. Some writers say that while the two aircraft did collide, there were two distinct crash sites. Um, and these crash sites were separated by over 160 miles of water. That's so that's... That's a long way. A long way. Um, however, research showed that the unclassified version of the Air Force investigation report revealed that the debris field defining the second, quote, crash site was examined by a search and rescue ship and <laughs> actually found to be a mass of seaweed and driftwood tangled in an old buoy. Well... Okay. That that's silly. There we go with that. All right, well we're going to discount that one. Yeah. So next is obviously the best part of each mystery yes. episode. Yes, and that is the theories. The theories. So, we're going to start off with the paranormal explanations out there. I love me some paranormal shit. Yes. Yes. Let's conjecture our little hearts out. We don't need proof. We don't need science. We're just going to guess. Yep. And call it true. So our first theory is Atlantis. So one of the theories centers around the Bermuda Triangle actually being the location of the mythical lost city of Atlantis. Side note, the cartoon movie, mm -hmm. Atlantis, is it Disney? Yeah, I think so. I think it's Disney. I really liked it. It's been several years since I've seen that. Yeah, it's been a long time since Underrated. I've seen it. Underrated. It's one you don't hear about enough. Mm -mm. So... I really enjoyed it. I had a huge crush on that guy with the glasses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was, my I think, one of my first Disney crushes. Um, I'm going to be super basic and say that mine was Prince Eric from Little Mermaid. Oh, I mean, without saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Independent recounts one blog poster who explained when atlantis was destroyed it sank to the very bottom of the ocean 
And while the ruined temples now play host to multitudes of underwater creatures, the great Atlantean fire crystals that once provided so much of the tremendous power and energy that was found in Atlantis still exist. The lost city of Atlantis is really like its own It is its topic. own thing. We'll definitely talk about Definitely Atlantis. do that, but it's an okay theory. It's an okay theory. Yeah. Um, if we're saying that an entire city just sunk down to the bottom of the ocean and somehow still is able to exist and operate down there, maybe all these people that have disappeared in the, the Bermuda Triangle just live down there now. Well, that's where the Roanoke colonists clearly are. Yeah. I mean, it's either the the entry to another dimension or they're living in Atlantis below the sea. Yeah. Duh. I want to be a mermaid. <sighs> Me too. I really wanted to be a mermaid when I was young. So bad. Yeah. I would 100% do like... The reverse of Ariel? A dark purple to black tail. Okay. Now what color would I want my shell bra to be? Black. Black. Yeah. Yeah. With glitter, purple glitter. Yes. Now, I might just go navy. Navy's good, especially with a little bit of sparkle on there. Yeah. Like yeah. an ombre navy. Yeah. So, oh. like, my fin, so it's dark at the top. Okay. And the bottom gets light. We're going dark to light. We're going dark to light. I like that. So, the dark is going to be against my skin color. And then the shell bra is going to be dark navy Yes, with some light blue reflect in it i like that what about our hair well mine's gonna be dark i feel like if if i am purple and black i would have to have black hair Mm -hmm. yeah and my or purple hair or purple hair you could my thought was my hair is dark dark brown yeah like very cool toned brown and the tips are just a little bit blue okay i like that so as long as it ties into your mermaid theme. Yeah, we're cohesive. We're cohesive. We could not do the shell bra, though, and just do something much cooler. Hmm. Just nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I figure if you're a mermaid, you probably have really nice boobs. I feel like... Okay, so on The Sims. <laughs> okay. I've never played The Sims, and Emily plays The Sims more than any person I've ever met. It's incredible. Anyways, so... Now, I have The Sims 4, and I have every expansion pack, every world you can have inside The Sims. Okay. Thank you, Keegan. Oh. Now, you can be vampires, nice. but you can also be mermaids. I like that. But they're mermaids that, like, turn into a mermaid when you're in the water. Oh, and then you get out of the water and you're a human? Yes. You oh. do, like, a little flippy, and then your legs come back. That's cool. But this is where I'm going. Okay. Yeah. With the shell bra thing. Yeah. There's an option when you're creating your mermaid version of your sim. Mm-hmm. That in- instead of the shell bra, your little fin scales, mm-hmm. like, can trail up, like, your side and then cover your chest. Okay. And I feel like that's the kind of mermaid I would want to be. Yeah, I'm down for that. 
So you could probably have it come straight up the front and just do like a loop around. You could. Kind of like you're wearing like a strapless something, but your right. your stomach is still visible. Right. Like I feel like I need to see my belly button. Yeah, because if we're mermaids, obviously we're there's there's no body fat. Yeah, and in my vision of myself as a mermaid, I yes. do have abs. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. You know what? When I get home, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna edit the podcast because the game is on tomorrow, so I'm gonna edit tomorrow. Okay, perfect. I'm gonna create the mermaid version of you. <laughs> I will give you abs. Perfect. Mermaid abs. Yes. Yes. Watch I, out, Ariel. I'm I feel like we would be like the punk rock version of Ariel. Let's finish Atlantis. So Writers of the Bermuda Triangle have used a number of supernatural concepts to explain the events. Now, one explanation pins the blame on leftover technology from the mythical lost continent of Atlantis. Sometimes connected to the Atlantis story is the submerged rock formation known as the Bimini Road off of the island of Bimini in the Bahamas which is in the triangle by some definitions. I guess some people place the Bermuda Triangle a little bit, like shifted a little bit. Yeah, I've seen it a couple ways. different ways. And I guess some demarcations of the triangle include the island of Bimini off of the Bahamas. So followers of the purported psychic Edgar Case take his prediction that evidence of Atlantis would be found in 1968 as referring to the discovery of the Bimini Road in that same year. Hmm. Believers describe the formation as a road, wall, or other structure, but the Bimini Road is of natural origin. So Bimini Road is real, and it's organic matter. So it's a natural rock formation under the water. Right. And people point to it as proof of the existence of Atlantis. Hmm. Okay. So there you go. There's that. So on to our next theory, which is clearly the superior one. Um, yes. Aliens. Aliens! The Sun explains that some writers, quote, have blamed UFOs for the disappearances. And when we say the sun, we mean a news source. Yes. Not the actual sun. We're getting communication directly from the surface of the sun. Yes. And they believe that the aliens use the triangle as a portal to travel to and from our planet. Which, in other, like, alien, UFO, extraterrestrial stories, a lot of people talk about seeing spacecraft appear suddenly and disappear suddenly yes so clearly there's a portal somewhere there's a portal or portals plural somewhere and they use these to visit and then go back home yeah I don't so see why not this has to be cold hard fact it also says that the area is likely a gathering station where they capture people ships and aircraft to conduct their research facts 
in Atlantis. I added that part. Yeah. The writers didn't say that. <laughs> um, other writers attribute the events to UFOs. And Charles Berlitz, who was author of various books on anomalous phenomena, lists several theories attributing the losses in the triangle to unexplained forces. So, so what you're saying is it's the aliens. Yeah, it's always the aliens. Yes. That's going to be our de facto explanation for everything now. Yeah. Mystery is solved. Mystery solved. Um, However, we do have one more entry in the theories portion. And this theory says that there's no mystery. Okay. So this says last year, Australian scientist Carl Kruzelnicki. Okay. Nailed it. The high number of disappearances cannot be explained by aliens or Atlantis or even by the more plausible theories involving rogue waves. Instead, he suggests that the mystery is nothing more than a perfect mix of human error, bad weather, and a high concentration of ships in the area. Quote, it is close to the equator, near a wealthy part of the world, America. Therefore, you can have a lot of traffic he told The Independent last year. According to Lloyds of London and the U.S. Coast Guard, the number that go missing in the Bermuda Triangle is the same as anywhere in the world on a percentage basis. So, okay, I get that. There we go. I get that he's saying there's other ships and planes that disappear and Mm -hmm. they're not over the Atlantic. Yeah. But, I have to be that person that says, well, all the other ships and planes that go missing aren't going missing in the same place. Hmm. So I do think there is still some mystery to Bermuda. I agree. I'm just that person. I just, you know, it's, it's whimsical and fun. Like, why be lame? Yeah. Why are you just pissing on everyone's parade? Like... (laughs) Let people have their fun. I mean, it's the Bermuda freaking triangle. Just let us blame the aliens. Yeah. Don't take this away from me. Those fucks. This, this lame ass. So we're going to get into some of the possible scientific explanations. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably just kind of. We'll gloss these. We'll gloss them. Um, Because. No one wants to hear us get real scientific. This is not harp. Right, 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 right. So it should be noted that the deepest point of the Atlantic Ocean lies within the boundaries of the Bermuda. This is an interesting fun fact here. Interesting. It is called the Milwaukee Depth. The Puerto Rico Trench reaches a depth of 27,493 feet Mm. at the Milwaukee depth. So, weird. Yeah, that's an interesting tidbit there. Yeah. So you combine that with the fact that True North and Magnetic North meet here. And it's deep as shit. 
real deep. So first we have rogue waves. Rogue waves. According to Channel 5 documentary, The Bermuda Triangle Enigma, scientists now believe that conditions in the area are just right for massive rogue waves. And um, they have used simulators to demonstrate how these could put ships at risk. Obviously, humongous waves can sink ships. Yeah. This is a quote from a University of Southampton oceanographer, Simon Buxall. There are storms to the south and north which come together. And if there are additional ones from Florida... It can be a potentially deadly formation of rogue waves. So that makes sense. Yeah. The Huffington Post reports that rogue waves of this type of wave could reach a hundred foot tall, which oh would God. be on par with the largest wave ever recorded. A 100 foot tsunami triggered by an earthquake and landslide in Alaska's Latuya Bay in 1958. So, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Rogue waves. Rogue waves, people. Um, the next one we're getting to is a little bit comical. Methane hydrates. Okay. An explanation for some of the disappearances has focused on the presence of large fields of methane hydrates, a form of natural gas, on the continental shelves. Laboratory experiments carried out in Australia have proven that bubbles can indeed sink a scale model ship by decreasing the density of the water. (laughs) Huh. Any wreckage consequently rising to the surface would be rapidly dispersed by the Gulf Stream. So it has been hypothesized that periodic methane eruptions, sometimes called mud volcanoes, creative, (laughs) may produce regions of frothy water that are no longer capable of providing adequate buoyancy for ships. If this were the case, such an area forming around a ship could cause it to sink rapidly and without warning. Okay. I've never heard of that. Me either. So that's really interesting and, again, plausible. Publications by the USGS describe large stores of undersea hydrates worldwide, including the Blake Ridge area off the coast of the southeastern United States, a.k.a. Florida. Uh, However, according to the USGS, no large releases of gas hydrates are believed to have occurred in the Bermuda Triangle for at least the past 15,000 years. How the... (laughs) How do you know? I just... 15... thousand years how how do you know oh my god um also some people refer to this phenomenon as oceanic flatulence yeah you heard correct (laughs) oceanic flatulence so i I hate that i hate it it's gross okay people okay yeah let's move on so Environmental considerations are also looked to for the causes of many, if not most, of the disappearances that have happened. The vast majority of Atlantic tropical storms go right through the Bermuda Triangle. And before we had weather forecasting and radar, there wouldn't have really been a way 
to know when to avoid this location. Right. And like, you know, most of the incidents we have gone through in this episode from like 1918 to 1960. Right. So obviously they're weather tracking storm tracking is not what we see today where we track hurricanes for weeks and weeks yes but they probably would have had a vague idea of like seasonal storms right but hurricane season is really long Mm -hmm. so they would not have avoided this area for the entire duration of hurricane season no it just is not it's not likely that that is what would have happened, especially with like trade and needing to transport goods, imports, exports, all of that. Yeah. They would have needed to use this area no matter what. Exactly. So they wouldn't have had any idea if a hurricane was forming and it could have just boom, collided right there. They're gone. So makes sense. Okay. Um, we've already talked about compass variations. Um, a lot of incidents, have experienced issues with their compasses not working because of true north and magnetic north um the bermuda triangle is one of two places on earth where compasses point to true north which is the geographic north pole rather than magnetic north the shifting magnetic north um says how stuff works some theories suggest the agnonic line The point where magnetic and true north are perfectly aligned passes through the Bermuda Triangle, resulting in a magnetic phenomenon which could explain cases where pilots and ships claim their compasses cease to work properly, causing them to veer off course. So we've already talked about that, you know, pretty at length. Um, So and as we've said with other mysterious episodes that we've done, like specifically Roanoke. I don't think that at the end of the day, this is a one explanation thing. No, I don't either. A lot, like one incident could have been, like flight 19 could have been the compass issue, Mm -hmm. the GPS malfunction issue. And then others could be weather, others could be the methane issue, you know. I guess the biggest thing for me is n- just never finding anything. That's true. Never finding people. That's pretty insane. Yeah. I mean, I know the ocean is obviously a terrible place to disappear. Mm-hmm. But you would just think with the equipment and technology. Yeah. I don't know. And the fact that there are some ships and aircraft that have never been found as well. Yeah. Like the 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 planes that disappear, I can't. I I've said this already in this episode. I, I there's literally people talking to you when. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's very weird. I don't know. So, so next is the Gulf Stream, which was mentioned earlier. Yes, with the hydrates. Yes. The Gulf Stream is a major surface current, which is primarily driven by thermohaline circulation that originates in the Gulf of Mexico, and then it flows through the Straits of Florida into the North Atlantic. So basically, it is a river within an ocean, and like a river, it can and it does carry floating objects. It has a maximum surface velocity of about two meters per second. 
which is six and a half feet per second. Yeah. A small plane making a water landing or a boat having engine trouble could be carried away from its reported position by the current. So still, to me, why can't these things be found? Just because it's being carried away by a current doesn't mean you're just dead. Yeah, where are the people? But I do like the Gulf Stream theory. Yeah, I do. Yeah. It could be that... I think it has more of an explanation for aircraft because if an aircraft crashed into the Gulf Stream and was carried away... Um, the person might still be in the aircraft and have perished. Yeah. And then once it gets through the Gulf Stream and sinks, it's not in the place where they're going to search for it. Right. So that makes more sense with aircraft than it does really a like a ship or a boat. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if a boat's going to float through the Gulf Stream, it's going to remain floating at the end of the Gulf Stream. Exactly, because it's meant to do that. Because it's buoyant. So, yeah. Um, The next one is kind of a, a non-theory, I think, and it's human error. So one of the most cited explanations in official inquiries as to the loss of aircraft or vessel is human error. Human stubbornness may have caused businessman Harvey Conover to lose his sailing yacht, Revenock. Okay, well, that's a stupid name. As he sailed into the teeth of a storm south of Florida on January 1st, 1958. January. Again with the January. It's a weird month, you people. Weird. And then there's always violent weather. Yep, yep, weather, weather. Um, Hurricanes, obviously, mm-hmm. historically, have just fucked shit up yep yep hurricanes super super destructive yeah the sinking of francisco de bobadilla's spanish fleet in 1502 old old was the first recorded instance of a destructive hurricane weird i did that's crazy that's so weird um and obviously hurricanes have caused a lot of incidences yeah related to bermuda right yeah it as we said earlier tropical storms that is their path yeah right they're starting from like the gulf up the east coast of the united states puerto rico gets nailed with hurricanes and tropical storms yes like every single one yeah basically hits puerto rico this is why i'm afraid of the ocean I, so many things i am also very weary of the ocean there's a lot of things in there. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the ocean is unexplored. Yeah. Like, there's so much shit in the ocean that we are not even aware of. Like the lost city of Atlantis. Atlantis is down there. Who knows what the fuck they're up to. Just being fucking mer people. They're... Or mer zombies. There's something. There's, you know, there's a lot of shit going on. That we don't know about. And I'm just, I'm weary. I'm weary about it. Yeah. There was actually a ship or a vessel in 1986 that was suspected to have sank because of a powerful downdraft of cold air. That has to be powerful as fuck. A downdraft of cold air. 
Yeah. The crew of this vessel, um, it was called Pride of Baltimore, noted that the wind suddenly shifted and increased velocity from 32 kilometers per hour, which is about 20 miles per hour, Mm. to 97 to 145 kilometers per hour, Mm. kilometers per hour, which is 60 to 90 miles per hour. That's crazy. I I just think that's crazy. A similar event occurred to Concordia in 2010 off the coast of Brazil, and scientists are currently investigating whether hexagonal clouds... Lauren, uh, we need to know about those clouds. Yes. Um, Maybe the source of these up to 170 mile per hour air bombs. Air bombs. Air bombs. Huh. So. Okay. I'm not down with the name air bomb. Don't like it. So, yeah. Um, Question. If you were going to name a ship, what would you name it? That's a really hard question. It it is. It's a, I don't have an answer. I just I don't know if I have an answer either. Hmm. It has to be something much cooler than the Pride of Baltimore. Yes, yes. I Maybe um, I don't know. That's a big responsibility to put on someone's shoulders. It yes, it is. It's a it's a lot to ask off the cuff. Yeah. Um, Jimothy, <laughs> the SS Jimothy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, maybe mine would be the SS April. That's cute. Um, it's short and sweet. Or the SS... I don't know. You know what? I'd probably name it after Binks. Yeah. The SS Binks. Yeah. The SS Thackeray Binks. Yeah. That's adorable. That is. Or you... Yeah. I don't know if you have to have the SS on it. What but does I... that even stand for? I don't know. Smooth sailor. (laughs) I doubt that's what it is, but that's what mine stands for. I'm sure once Dakota listens to this, he'll let you know. Yeah. He He probably... 100% knows He probably knows. Yeah. I mean, he was in the Navy. (laughs) What if he's like, no, it's, it's smooth sailor. I would be, like, just completely floored. If he was like, yeah, that's what it means. <laughs> Genius. Um, so that ends the theories. And uh, what do we do now? Mm, I, I don't know. Um, I don't want to go there. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I answered this question in our outline and I put we visit. Emily doesn't want to go. I'll watch you from the shore. I'll Tie a rope around my waist. You hold the other end of the rope. And I'll just wade out into the water and see what happens. The longest rope in the history of ropes. Yeah, we have, uh, like, thousands of miles of rope. Hundreds of thousands of miles. You're just gonna, like, reel me in and I'm just gonna be, like, full of seawater. Like, would I even hear, like, feel you tug on it? (laughs) No. (laughs) You wouldn't. Uh. (laughs) So... That's Bermuda, you guys. It's awkward. It is. It's kind of like a, it's not really a, I don't know. It's not a beginning to end story. No, it's not. It's just something to think about. It's something to think about. It's one of those things that pops into your mind, like, 
when you're in the shower. Mm-hmm. I watch RuPaul's Drag Race in the shower, so. Yeah, Keegan watches The Office in the shower. Hell yeah. Um, I've been watching All Stars 5 of RuPaul's Drag Race, and the level of drag artistry in All Stars 5 is top notch. Okay? <laughs> and my girl, Shea Coulee, kills it every single episode, and her final look. I This is the second time I'm watching All Stars 5. Oh, okay. It's like a book. When you read a book the first time, you're reading to get the high points. Okay. You're right. I read read the first time quickly because I want to get through it. I want to know what happens, and I'm hitting the high points. When I read it the second time, I slow down. I savor it. I pick out my favorite parts. I do the same thing with shows. Oh, I definitely watch things more than once. Yeah. People look at me really weird, aside from things like The Office, like cult classic kind of shows like The Office, Parks and Rec, Friends. Everyone rewatches shit like that. But like a competition show like RuPaul, people are like, why do you watch it over? You know who wins. Well. But I still want to watch these drag queens paint their faces and put on their clothes. That's true. That doesn't change. I think it's just like anything else. Yes. I've had to explain this to people multiple times, and I just don't understand why they don't get it. I'm trying to think of something like that I've rewatched. I rewatched MasterChef. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen the same season of MasterChef over and over. Yeah. I just don't understand why people look at me like I'm uh, crazy. People just need to mind their own business. Yeah. Maybe you should try rewatching a show that you love and see how much joy it gives you when you. Yeah. Because the anticipation of a favorite thing happening makes it better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, if you don't watch RuPaul, you should. It's awesome. Emily doesn't watch it, but she's gonna. I've seen it. Just not all of it. Not all the seasons, all the mm-hmm. the variations. Yeah. Um, season four is a good one. What is it about season four of every series that exists is good? <laughs> Jersey Shore. <laughs> season four. I love season four of Jersey Shore. That's my least favorite season. Oh, yeah, because it's Italy. Yeah. Season three of the original Jersey Shore is my favorite, hands down. Because that's when you get the major Ron and Sam fights. Oh, yeah. That's when he throws all her shit out and her bed, and she's, like, clinging onto the bed like a spider monkey. I think season two is my least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Because they weren't at the shore house. Yeah. I mean, I know they weren't at the shore house when they were in Italy, obviously, but they were at that weird location. Didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Right. Anyway, yeah. I think that's that. That's it. That's it. Once again, another episode that we thought was going to be short. We're hitting the two hour mark. There is quite a bit of stuff that's going to get cut out, though. Yeah, there's going to be some stuff cut out. This will probably be hour and a half. And we're saving a lot of content for future bonus episodes. Yeah, we've we're going to be our goal is to start having some some bonus content for the wide release. Yes. Um we will eventually do a Patreon for people who want to support the show. Um 
I would give that a timeline of four to six months. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something we're doing like now. No. But eventually we we will do a Patreon. Um, as long as people keep listening yeah. and more people keep listening. Otherwise, we'd yeah. be spending so much. I mean, while we love to do this, we I mean, we both work full time. Yes. Maddie goes to school. I have children. Yeah. Finding the time to do one episode a week and editing yeah. is a lot. Yeah. So as long as we continue to get awesome support like we have been and we keep growing and people keep emailing us suggestions. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have our own list. Yeah. But love yeah. a suggestion. Of course. We will hopefully be able to start a little Patreon, get some, I don't know, stickers maybe. Yeah. yeah. Start small. You got to take baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, the biggest thing uh, with a Patreon is offering exclusive content. Yes. So we would do another episode, like a full length episode. I don't know. Once a month for Patreon subscribers. Yeah. So that would mean we're doing five episodes a month for wide release, one Patreon. Yeah. And then if we wanted to do other bonus content that wasn't related to a specific story, it would probably be for Patreon. Absolutely. So, and that would be like randomly when we felt like doing it. Yeah. Instead of like having to adhere to a specific schedule for right. for that stuff. For now. For now. So it's really our success is up to everyone that listens and subscribes and rates. So Yeah. It's been real. Yeah. And you know, we I think our our growth trajectory is solid. Yeah, like, absolutely. Comp- you know, when I look at like articles or whatever, I think our growth trajectory is 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 good. Um especially, you know, we don't neither one of us are in an entertainment business. Right. So we don't have full connections. We don't have like we didn't start off with a following of any kind. So Exactly. It's you start from absolute zero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what we have like the smallest little soundboard you could find. It could fit in my hoodie pocket. Probably. It could fit in your hoodie pocket. Some really good mics. Yeah, these mics are legit, honestly. They're good. And that's all we need for now. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's getting the job done. But, you know, that's kind of the loose plan. But as always, big Big shout to Haley and Ariel. They're the creative geniuses. They, Haley made our logo. It looks fabulous. Um, Ariel did our music. She's working on some more music for us. Really? She is. Uh, I talked to her about it like two weeks ago or something. She's working on some more music if we want to like lay it under as we talk or. Oh, nice. If. We wanted to use it for, like, if we ever did 
like Friday bonus feature. It could be a different little jingle. It could be a different jingle. So she's working on some other shit for us. uh, Keeping it fresh. Love that. So, yeah, they are holding it down. I love you, Haley. Aw, Ariel. I told a really good story about Ariel in a recorded session that we probably won't release. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I mentioned this. Did I mention the weird connection between... I don't think you did it on air. Okay. Before we end this, this is just the wildest shit, okay? I've never met Ariel in my life. She did not grow up here. Don't know her. Yeah. Also didn't know Maddie until three years ago. Mm-hmm. My friend, Ashley, who is the one that emailed us, messaged me, Um, I don't know, maybe like a couple episodes in, and was like, oh, shit, you, my cousin did your guys' music? And I was like, what? <laughs> so Ariel is my friend Ashley's cousin and i uh, that's such a mind blown yeah weird connection weird 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 but anyways make sure to check out and follow us on instagram what if i told you pod facebook is what if i told you podcast and on both of these you'll see our little logo Mm -hmm. and our gmail which is always open we want suggestions we want random stories we want your celebrations is good shit happening to you and you want to celebrate it we want read it pictures of your pets we definitely want pictures of your pets we want pictures of i don't know your favorite book do you love books Because I do, and so does Emily, and we want you to share with us your favorite books. We want it all. We just... We're greedy ass bitches. We just want you guys to talk to us. (laughs) (laughs) Our Gmail is whatifitoldyoupodcast at gmail.com. Hit it. And as always, um, Owl Post. Yes, yes. I have recently come into some intel, and there were a series of owls trained to carry envelopes for the Harry Potter movies. So we know it's possible. Show us how, and I'll train an owl. We got to get our hands on an owl. I had a baby owl when I was young. The fuck? My stepmom was an animal lover. And we lived in the country, mm-hmm. so it was not out of the ordinary for, like, a mom raccoon to abandon her baby. And then right. here we are bottle feeding a baby raccoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was Charlie, and we raised him to adulthood. Love that. Same thing happened with a baby owl. He, I I don't remember which one of us found it. One of Me or one of my brothers found this little furry ball by at the bottom of one of the trees in our yard and ran it inside and it was a baby owl and angel was like well we have to nurse it to health its mom left it so oh my god i would it was really precious we have a picture of this owl somewhere 
at my dad's. I got to see that. I'll have to find it. No, we're posting that to the Instagram. <laughs> we I, totally will. I'll Jim, find it. Jimothy, please get on that. <laughs> Anyways, Bermuda Triangle, done. Check. And mate. Will not be seeing you. We probably won't. No. No. Gone. Also, um, Christmas is next Friday. Oh, yeah. We're probably not going to record before Christmas. Um, So Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Yeah. And also Kwanzaa begins on the 26th. Okay. So happy Kwanzaa. I did some research on Kwanzaa because I was not sure about the particulars of that holiday. It's actually a cultural holiday. Okay. Um, To celebrate African culture. And so a lot of people, most people who celebrate Kwanzaa also celebrate another holiday like Christmas or a Muslim holiday or Hanukkah. So there's a lot of people are going to go into Christmas mode and then the next day they begin Kwanzaa. That's badass. Yes. Super awesome. Happy all of it. Happy all of it. And if you don't know about Kwanzaa, look it up and educate yourselves because it's super interesting and very cool. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Perfect. Perfect. So through the holiday season and always, please be kind to each other. And stay weird. Bye. Bye.